Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It is Brendan Escott in today, 12.33 in Edmonton. It is St. Patrick's Day, though we continue mourning the loss of the two police officers in that tragic event yesterday morning. Travis Jordan, Brett Ryan, keeping them very close to our hearts over the course of this afternoon and moving forward. Absolutely uh, excited to be joined, as always, here by Elliot Friedman. Brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. Let's get right to it. Elliot, appreciate you joining, man. How's it going today? Uh, it's going well, Brennan. I just wanted to say, like, I just heard your intro there, and I, I know it's been a really uh, brutal couple of days in Edmonton and just want to send my best. It's a, it's an awful story, terrible story. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that, and we've been getting many well wishes around here, and I know that uh, the community needs the support. So uh, one way that uh, everybody was, or most, I think, were able to escape last night was with a big Oilers win. Meaningful points on the board as they all are now mm-hmm. and uh, and in a playoff atmosphere, I think Edmonton really rose to the occasion in, in a few different af- assets of their game. Penalty kill held sway. I think that was really important. Goaltending looked good as well and all of this against a very um, formidable Dallas foe. Yeah, it, it, Dallas, the Dallas has had a couple of weird weeks. You know, they lost in uh, Vancouver the other night. They they lost to you. Um, they've got a couple of guys hurt. I know Marchman isn't on the trip, and now he's out for a few weeks. They're kind of going. They've been kind of going through it lately. But I I really like them, Brendan, and I think they're a team like the way they play when the playoffs get a little bit tighter. I like them a lot, and I like Ottinger a lot. So I think any time you beat them, uh, it's a good night for you. And generally, I think you guys have been playing pretty well. I think the other thing here is that uh, I would guess that the Oilers want to avoid, you know, facing a, like they're probably not going to finish first or second in the Pacific Division. But I think if you have your choice. Uh, you'd much rather see the Kings than, or the number two seed than the number one seed, especially if there's any chance that number one seed ends up being like Dallas. So I, I, I think you just, you know, you want to make sure you're playing as well as you can in the playoffs. I think you want to stay out of that wild card. Yeah, and the team has been talking for for weeks now about just trying to keep the engine, you know, revved up at at the right time of year. And to me, this is getting to be the time of year where you better have things firing on all cylinders. Um, I will say, as far as, you know, McDavid had a great game last night, but oftentimes, and even at parts during that game, Elliot, I think that Miro Heiskanen is somewhat of an elixir as far as, you know, you get that smooth skating defenseman in there and, and... as one of the more underrated players in the league these days, I think that he is really an answer for some of Edmonton's elite talent if it does end up in a playoff series like that. 
I don't know if answer is the right word. I, I don't think that you can, like, I think Hastin has a great skill set. I think he's going to win a Norris Trophy someday. But I, I, I just don't know if I, I, I'd say that even as good as he is, you still have to have, you know, everybody around him put Haskin in positions where he can be successful. Like, I don't care how good a skater you are, Brendan. If McDavid gets revved up and he's coming at you, you know, maybe you're going to get him a couple of times, but eventually he's going to embarrass you. And the one thing I think about Dallas is I think they're really disciplined. I think that they understand how they play how they want to play. I think DeBoer is a really good coach. Like, he's been in a few different places because I think he's really demanding, and sometimes that wears out on people after a while. But everywhere he goes outside of Florida um, at the time, like, he's made teams better. So I think he's the kind of guy he puts in a plan, the players buy into that plan, and... Uh, they do things to sh to slow other teams down. And I think it's, with with Haskinen, I think it's not only is he a great player, which he is, but I think the Stars know that McDavid's on the ice. There's certain places they want to try to move him towards or certain things they, they don't want to let him do. I think even with McDavid, he, like he's going to embarrass you once in a while, like I said, but I think the Stars are very good at understanding the kinds of things they want to try to do to slow him down. They have had so much success with the players coming really all out of this 2017 draft class. We talked yesterday with uh, Saad Youssef from The Athletic about just what uh, that draft class has meant to this organization and sort of keeping them away from even a retool. They've, they've really just stayed afloat. Jason Robertson, needless to say, has been a big part of that. And the headlines in oil country last night, Elliot, from Jason Robertson, of course, coming from the knee-on-knee -knee contact with McDavid. We've seen it come from several different players now. I think we're up more than three that I can think of between Edler and Giordano. And and yeah. when you have a player as fast as McDavid moving around you, I think that, you know, we've got to find a way that this doesn't happen. But also, it's not just malice. It's not one player, obviously. This is a pattern in, uh, in behavior. So we've got people on the text line sort of asking, am I the only one still really bent out of shape about this knee-on-knee -knee contact? Um, can you weigh in on your thoughts? Sure. Sure. Well, also, there's there's a fourth. There's Derek Ryan, but that one doesn't count. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that, look, I don't like it. I mean, the, the short answer is I don't like it. It it like look like anybody who's played knows that if you're playing against a guy like McDavid, there's a chance that can happen because he's so elusive and he can change. So like he can turn on a corner and, you know, people are going to think, okay, I've got this lane, and he's going to go, and they're like, oh, shoot, and or worse. And and that's what happens. And, you know, I, I don't think anybody likes it. I'm, you, you know, look, I, I agree that there's no, like, I do think that McDavid is deserving. Like, he reminds me a lot of, like, what Shaquille O'Neal was like when Shaquille O'Neal played in the NBA. Like, David's more, McDavid's more of a, uh, I don't. I even want to call him a finesse player, but he's he's got speed, change of directions, and O'Neal was just a bull. But Phil Jackson used to always say that Shaquille O'Neal could go to the foul line 20 times a game, and he and he doesn't get enough calls because he's so big and so strong. He's just bigger than anybody else, and that was Jackson's way of of, of dealing with it and trying to go and, and defend his star player. Like, I think with McDavid, I, I just think with him, 
I think he deserves more of the benefit of the doubt than he gets. I like, look, like I, I like people send me clips all the time of McDavid taking a cross check and McDavid taking a slash. I mean, that's in a lot of levels, that's just hockey. You're not going to get all the calls. And because he's so good and because the stakes are so high, he's going to get defended like that. But the one thing I do think, Brendan, and I would say this to others fans too, is that every year McDavid should be one of the guys who's having the most penalties called against them. And I think it should be by a fairly large margin. I mean, there's other guys out there. You know, there's Marner and Matthews in Toronto, things, uh, players like that. But the thing is, like, I just look at McDavid and he gets fouled so much. I think that the amount of penalties called against him from the way people play him should reflect that. And, you know, I, I'm a guy who likes a tough game. I really do. I want the playoffs to be hard. And I think the regular season misses some of that. But I also recognize that because of who he is and how great he is, and I think he plays really hard. Like, McDavid isn't a tough guy in like the, you know, the Tiger Williams sense, Dave Semenko sense of the word. But I think he is a very tough guy because he competes really hard. He doesn't care about anything but winning. And he plays through a lot of hard stuff. Like, he just has to. So I think he's, it's, it's not because it's soft. It's because it's an understanding that here's a guy who plays hard through a lot of crap, and he deserves to have more penalties called by people playing him. So that's the way I look at it. I, I, I always think he's deserving of maybe at least a call a game more than he gets, if not two. And I wish sometimes it did reflect that a bit more. Yeah, and then again comes into the equation, well, is, are you willing to put a 32% power play to work or, or worse, give them a five-on-three to work with? But if it's warranted, yeah, but you know what? then if it's, it's warranted, warranted. It's warranted. Like, it's, you know, it's the way it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I, I really, like, like, the thing is, like, I, I've, you know, this is not the first time I've come on this show and said that. I said to you before, Brian, I said it to Bob before, too. And I get people who reach out to me and say, that's not the way any of this works. And I say, or that's not the way we, people want it to be. I think it's the way it should be because, again, it's more than just he's the best player. I think it is also that he has earned the benefit of the doubt even more than he gets because he doesn't, because he plays hard. He plays through a lot of stuff, and he's the best player. You know, he's the best player in the league. There are other great players, but he's the best one. And uh, I, I just think that – and the other thing is, too, you just don't want to see him get hurt on an accidental play like that. Nobody benefits. Nobody benefits. Like, then you go back to that rookie season when he got hurt. Nobody, like it was, I don't think that was a dirty play. I felt it was a bad fluke, but – Nobody benefits from that, and I think that that's, you know, I think that's, that should be ingrained in people. I think that uh, everybody's got the sensitivity based on the knee injury that we saw, based on the collarbone, even Dreisaitl getting hauled down and, and sort yeah. of seeing him battle this year through what appears to be a lingering injury that, you know, you can you can cite back there. But I just don't look at the Robertson play and think there was any malice, even if it was a different player, even if it wasn't Jason Robertson, who we're 99% sure isn't a dirty guy. Now, Elliot, as we chat with uh, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers for our friends at Abe Door Service. Um, mm -hmm. 
Ekholm's fit in Edmonton has been about as seamless as anybody could have hoped between the leadership uh, that has been talked about by Jay Woodcroft and some of his teammates there to the on-ice play and just how much he's settled it all down when the puck's in movement. And at the end of that intermission, or, or as the players are skating off the ice, I could see Ekholm skate over to Robertson and, and sort of have a, an animated conversation with him. The ref's whistle goes off. They had to be separated. So... I mean, just overall, I don't know that you could have handcrafted a player and plunked them in the system any better than Matthias Ekholm has seemed to fit in since being brought in at the trade deadline. Well, I, you know, I think it's so hard uh, sometimes when a player gets traded at the deadline. It, it, it can be very difficult. There have been there have been some great fits, but there have been some really tough fits over the years. I, I think the thing that really helps you in this particular case, well, there's two things. Number one. He's got a phenomenal reputation. I think you guys are all seeing it uh, here and why. Like, Ekholm was a hugely popular teammate in Nashville, and he has just a sterling reputation for what kind of person he is. And so I think that always makes it easier. I think the other thing, too, that really helps is that he has term. Like, you know, sometimes when, you know, and his family came with him, you know, like, for example, sometimes if you don't have term and your family doesn't come with you, it's really hard because all of a sudden you're sitting there, you're looking, let's just imagine you didn't get term, right? So he probably flies from Nashville to Edmonton. He joins the team. I mean, obviously they've got a really close family um, and he probably, does, maybe his family doesn't come with him. So they're not with him. And then he has to think about, okay, this is my home now. I may have another home in a couple of months. And some people can put that behind him, but some people can't. So immediately that concern is wiped out. He's here, he's, he's, he's in Edmonton. He knows he's gonna be in Edmonton. You know, it's funny, when he was in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, I was telling him about how he hit it out of the park by telling everybody that his wife was really happy to um, be there because of the snow and everything. Mm -hmm. And he laughed and he goes, did you think I was lying? And I said, I didn't think you were lying. I just said you hit it out of the park. And he goes, well, it's true. So he, he <laughs> kind of wondered if I thought he was making it up. Um, anyway, like I, I just think that, look, like it's very clear that he embraced this on and off the ice. He's, he's very happy on off the ice. He's very happy on the ice. And look, and, he's, and the other thing too is he sees how, like the, how happy the fans were to have him. And he sees how happy the Oilers were to have him. Like all those guys know how good he is. And like the other thing we're kind of joking about was, you know, Dreisaitl has just destroyed Nashville over the years. And so he knows how good he is, obviously. And it's it's like, if you can't beat him, join him type of thing. I, You know, he's he's a really good skater. He's, he's a really smart player. He's got a reputation as a really good person. Um, you know, and I think the other thing here is, like, you guys could have gone in a lot of different directions here. And, and you chose this one. And early on, it looks like a home run. So, and I think he likes it, and obviously you guys like it. And, you know, I think the other thing you've really seen is you take a look at some of the guys you've added over the last few years, you know, Mike Smith, Duncan Keith, Zach Hyman, uh, you know, Derek Ryan, I think is another guy a bit like that. But just guys who are really respected players. 
like they've been around they're a little older they've seen the way the league works they've got the respect of their peers like like Eck Holmes like that he like people around the league know him and like him and I think that that really helps too I want to have time to get to two different things here, Elliot. So let's right, maybe I'll keep my answers let's slow. let's quickly. Are you telling me not to be so verbose? Okay, Brendan, I got that. That is absolutely not what I'm telling you because we could go on a tangent about these next two things. I want to get your thoughts on just what happened in Montreal last night. I mean, have you ever seen a team less prepared? In Florida, to play? You mean? sorry, yes, with Montreal yeah. in Florida, uh, has a team ever been less prepared to come out and start a game than that? Like it just looks like Montreal might not be icing a good enough team right. Now, I don't know what to say about it, but 12 goals in the first, what, 11 minutes or certainly in the first period, that's something to behold. <laughs> well, they had some, they've had some great performances over the, like, re- I wouldn't say great, but really good performances over the past couple weeks. Like, I think, I think everybody's entitled to a stinker. I, I do. And you probably get five a year. I think the thing that stands out for me, Brennan, is what do you do after that game? They got to play Tampa tomorrow night. It's Tampa's. It's a big game for the Lightning. They need the points. They're chasing Toronto. You've got your Hall of Fame weekend. And now Jonathan Drouin looks like he's suspended for that game because he missed a meeting. They're not going to play him. Like, I'll say, okay, that that was weird last night. But I want to see what you do in your next game after that. That's the true sign for me. Secondly, Jordan Bennington's latest meltdown and suspension. And listen, I think he was super out of line and overreacting and and flying in there. You you can't blocker somebody in the chin, all right? You want to go get involved, fine. You can't blocker somebody in the chin. That's been a match penalty as long as I've been alive. So maybe a take on that, and then should the refs, or or rather the linesmen, have just let that unfold, considering both goaltenders were absolutely willing combatants? I absolutely wish that they had let it unfold. I think everybody in television, on television, in the arena, if you heard them booing, wanted that fight to happen. I wanted that fight to happen. I'm assuming it's an injury thing. They probably looked at it like they didn't want one of those goalies injured in a fight. There's a lot of talk about protecting goaltenders. So I think that's what that was. Uh, I actually have to make a call on it. That reminds me. The other thing, too, is... I, I wish it would have they would have let him fight because I think Bennington needs it. <laughs> like he's been like he's been doing he's been threatening to do it. He's been trying to do it. Like one way or another, I bet you this all goes away if he finally gets it. Like win or lose, it's happened. And I actually think that that might have like <laughs> there's this whole debate about you know what this means and stuff and and I, I don't want to get really into that. But I, I just wonder if, like, he finally gets his fight, and then it's all over. And that's kind of what I would have liked to have seen happen there. I mean, the mic'd up stuff about Flurry saying, you know, the crowd will love it. No, he's been wanting to do it. Uh-huh. Like, you know, we are in the entertainment business. And... Uh, I think everybody would have loved to have seen it. Certainly, and this is this where I stand on on fighting in general. Is if you see two willing combatants, then you've got to back off. If you see one willing combatant and someone else who's tangled up, then maybe you pull them apart. Uh, Elliot, always appreciate the time, my friend. We'll chat next week, okay? All right. Are you are you back next week, or do I have to deal, unfortunately, with Bob again? Uh, yeah, you might be stuck with the big guy, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Uh, too bad. <laughs> Very depressing. Always a pleasure, Elliot. Talk to you later. 
All right, take care. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers for Abe's Door Service. Service is their specialty. You can visit abesdoor.ca. I'll remind you as well, we're heading back to sunny California next month with New West Travel. Only a couple seats left, I think, if any at all. So you better get on the phone right now. L.A. and Anaheim is the destination. You'll watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. This New West Travel hockey package includes airfare four nights at the Marriott L.A. Lower bowl tickets for both games and a welcome reception with Bob and special guests. For the California Hockey Package, call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. Quick timeout here on Oilers Now. Back in a moment. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right, let's get to uh, NHL today. Actually, you know what? We will in a second, but I'm going to tell you first that some guests of this show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers Now sent you. Okay, NHL Today is, in fact, brought to you by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialists. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Four games across the league tonight with Toronto home to Carolina. Leafs defenseman Justin Hole will be scratched in that one. Elsewhere, it is Philly home to Buffalo, St. Louis visiting Washington and Anaheim entertaining Columbus. The Oilers get Seattle in a huge game at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon on 6.30. Ched, Arizona uh, signing Josh Doan to a three-year entry-level contract. Yeah, that's Shane's son. 21-year-old taken 37th overall in the 2021 draft. He has 38 points in 39 games as the captain of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Bakersfield with a home-and-home against Henderson this weekend and the Oil Kings. Two games at Rogers Place. We'll hear from Luke Pierce at 135. Right now, we'll send it to Randy Kilburn for the headlines. When we come back, Andy Ide will tell you all about the Seattle Kraken. The pesky Kraken Oilers can't get away from him in the Pacific standings.